The following interview originally aired on KPOV 88.9 FM, High Desert Community Radio in Central Oregon. The interview was conducted on the Wednesday edition of The Point, a local affairs show that airs Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. on 88.9 FM and kpov.org. And our guests this morning are John Riggs, Stephanie Hunter, and Bev Vasquez, all members of the Street Kitchen Collaborative which is a collaborative of 12 separate groups in Central Oregon that have joined together to improve the lives of our houseless neighbors in Central Oregon. Welcome to The Point, John, Stephanie, and Bev. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm, I think I'm going to start with John this morning. Could you start by telling us a little bit about the Street Kitchen Collaborative, how you came to be as an organization? Yeah, absolutely. So, um <clears throat> In Bend, uh, Bend, Oregon, there was a situation where a houseless gentleman uh, in a wheelchair passed away over uh, just recently, and um, <clears throat> it was due to the elements, and um, it kind of sparked uh, something in you know some of the friends that I was I was uh, hanging out with, and and so we decided that we wanted to uh, feed some folks and get them some food, and then we realized that there were other needs. And um, so we started to meet those needs. And um, before we knew it, there were, um, I, I think there's roughly 12 of us that kind of make all this happen each week. So so it was just sort of a spontaneous thing that you saw a need and you all got together and decided that you had the ability to help these people. Yeah, right? absolutely. And so do you have any background in this sort of thing? What's, what's your, been your experience before this? Uh, personally, I, um, so I'm, I'm a recovering drug addict and alcoholic. I'm a person who, uh, has struggled with mental health issues, uh, throughout my life. Um, and, uh, I'm actually a, uh, uh, certified drug and alcohol counselor. And, um, so yeah. And a full-time student, right? And a full-time student. So, so um, it was amazing. I mean, that you took this upon yourself and that other people, we're able to help. And Stephanie, what's your background and how are you involved in this? My background is I uh, do behavior support for kids and adults with disabilities and support families. So I bring a background of understanding de-escalation, safety, how to help people stay calm, how to be calm. And that is one of the things that John and I talk about in the other groups is making sure that we're providing that support for the volunteers. So folks feel confident and competent when they're in that volunteer capacity. And what brought me to it was um, there was a group of us in Redmond who formed up a group called uh, eventually that became called Redmond Collective Action. And after the fires this summer, there was a spirit of giving that really overtook the community in, in many ways. There were a lot of drives, one big one in particular for Warm Springs for their water crisis. And then the Peace Kitchen started and John put a call out, show up this day at this place to serve meals in Redmond. And we showed up and we just keep coming back every week now. That's fantastic. And then, Bev, how did you get involved in this? Well, I involved actually through uh, the local chapter of the Democratic Socialists. Um, some of my friends that were members 
um, had caught word of uh, this first kitchen that happened in Bend. And um, I immediately jumped on board because it made sense to me. Um, David Savoy's death that John had mentioned um, struck a chord. He died before the winter shelters had opened and there was no room for him. And having grown up in the area and having seen how much homelessness has expanded, um, it really pulled on my heart that there's so many people living unhoused. So it just made sense. Um, I showed up for this first kitchen and um, like Stephanie said, uh, we just kept showing up. So it's been 21 weeks, I believe, that we've been doing this every week. Um, and now we serve uh, five different locations every week. Yeah. That's fantastic. So, John, can I go back to you a minute? Because uh, when you and I spoke, when you, you said it's a kitchen collective, I just assumed it's just about food. But that's not really it. There, It's kind of an umbrella term for everything that you do. Could you tell us about that? Yeah, that's correct. Um, like I mentioned, uh, a friend of mine, you know, he was like, hey, I just, you know, what do you think about um, uh, cooking some meals? And so we did that. And then we realized that uh, people needed jackets. And so we started bringing jackets. And um, now we uh, um, we collaborate with people. Um, so we bring in shower trucks. Uh, we have a veterinarian that comes from time to time. Uh, we have uh, medical personnel that, that show up and offer what kind of services they can. Um, and then, you know, just several other groups and, and individuals that show up and bring food and, and other kind of resources. So, John, do you have an actual physical location? Um, so we actually, so we do five locations a week um, and uh, it's three different days and um, two, or sorry, three of the locations are in Bend. Uh, one of the locations is in Redmond and then uh, we drive up to Warm Springs and drop off food at their, their shelter. So how is your project funded? Um, so uh, it, it's mostly out of pocket. Um, there are definitely bigger groups that um, uh, uh, use their nonprofit money and so on and so forth. But for the most part, um, you know, we're just people helping people. And uh, so, yeah. The food being served, is it donated by individuals or businesses? Um, so all of the above, uh, we have some fantastic, uh, businesses in the community that, um, offer food and, uh, um, coffee. And then also, um, some of the other, uh, nonprofits around will cook up entire meals for us. And even more, uh, awesome is just individuals that are connected to these groups that, that cook inside of their homes, uh, each week so that we can, we can feed folks. Does it have to be a commercial kitchen to donate food? No, no. Okay. So, uh, Stephanie, you talked about how you have sort of a rota system, that a sign-up system for people. Someone organized that in your group? Yeah, um, there is a woman, Lena Berry, um, and she is the <sighs> – her and a few other folks are do the background um, stuff. So they're planning all week for our Sunday kitchen. And so we had um, a volunteer Shelly set up a sign up program and it's a free app and we put the needs on there and they plan the meals. 
just like John was saying, a lot of the meals are us running to the grocery store and pulling something together, but we will often get um, donations as well. And, um, and it just, every week, it just, it just comes together. Some people don't even use the sign up anymore. We always have a lot of volunteers, even people that didn't sign up. That's really amazing that you've had this kind of support um, just pop up. You said that spirit of giving, it's continued. That's, that's fantastic. You mentioned uh, veterinary services and dog and cat food. Uh, animals are one of my passion. Tell us a little bit about your partnership with professionals in that area. We have vets that come out the last Sunday of every month. It's a compa- uh, camp, um, companion animal medical. I don't want to, we call them camp. <laughs> Should have memorized that. Um, and that is actually wonderful. Uh, on last Sundays, we have we have vets. We have Central Oregon Street Aid, which provides medical care if needed or at least advice. We have the shower truck. We have the meals. We have our mutual aid table with basic needs supplies. And part of that is dog and cat food. And we have very generous, Bev actually helps coordinate that. We have, I like to say we're swimming in dog and cat food. We have more than we need. We get it from camp and and other sources. So um, we always have that in abundance, which is great. Do you partner with the local humane societies such as HSCO and and, um, Brightside? I'll, um, is that, that is Bev's uh, category, <laughs> so I'm, I'm not sure. Bev, do you want to go ahead and answer that for us? Sure. Um, yes, we do partner with the Humane Society of Central Oregon on a weekly basis. They donate um, a, a bunch of dog and cat food which we distribute in county and um, I made some numbers in January uh, 761 pounds of pet food that month which wow. was um, pretty incredible um, that's a definitely uh, we've seen a lot of folks who have pets who are living on house and so that became an obvious and immediate need in so we are having a little bit of technical difficulty. Um, the Humane Society has us stepped in. <laughs> Bev, I'm sorry to say that you keep cutting in and out. I don't know, Carolyn, is it just me or are you hearing that also? Yeah. So, My apologies. Um, <laughs> it's fine. It's just that we're losing some of the information, but... Um, Uh, Maybe we could talk a little bit with John about how you actually set up and uh, what is at the site where you go to to set up the kitchen. Yeah, absolutely. So um, so we uh, roughly have, you know, six, seven, eight tables, uh, depending on how much uh, uh, stuff is brought in. Um, We have a couple of tables set up for food and then we'll have some for hygiene products. We'll have uh, some clothing. Um, We're attempting to do some one-on-one stuff with our clothing. Uh, So actually getting involved with specific people, seeing what their needs are, and then going and getting that stuff and bringing it to them. Um, 
uh, the hopes being, you know, that uh, each each week with the shower truck, they can also have a clean pair of clothes to change into. Um, we are also doing donations. So we take donations from uh, um, houseless people and we wash them and then we'll redistribute it, them however we can. Um, and then, uh, you know, camp sets up and they're absolutely wonderful. They do uh, vaccinations on site. Uh, they do free um, uh, spades and neuters when they can. Um, they'll even clip nails and, and things like that. So, uh, so yeah. So, oh, good. Now Marianne has audio problems. You're muted, Marianne. I, I muted and I unmuted myself. Sorry, I've got two dogs in the background barking and I was going to not have that come on the air. Um, okay, so that sounds really like it takes a lot of effort, a lot of collaboration. I get where you call it the, a collaborative because there's a lot of people involved. And um, I know there was some uh, information in the media about hand washing stations and porta potties being set up over on Hunnell Road. And for a while there, a credit was given to the city of Bend, but I don't think it was the city of Bend that did that. I think it was your organization. Can you talk about that? Yeah, so it was definitely a, a factor of the collaboration. Um, so, uh, so Bev got us involved with uh, a local nonprofit that does the shower trucks, and then um, uh, you know she went through the training, she did everything, and really gained some trust with them, and then convinced them uh, of the benefit of putting in porta potties, and. Um, and so they they did and the porta potties have been out there for roughly a month and a half to almost two months and uh um, we go out there and, and clean them each week and then there's other people in the houseless communities that clean them as well um knowing that you know uh if they get trashed then they'll get taken away so so john a couple of times this morning you've mentioned shower trucks are your shower trucks co-ed because we had a, a houseless person years ago who mentioned that the majority of the shower trucks that come around are for men only um no so they are definitely co-ed um uh, it just you know we only allow um uh you know males to go on one side females to go on the other side or, or what have you good uh so it looks like we lost bev so I, i'm going to direct this question to john and stephanie and jump in whichever um, if you could wave a magic wand and provide whatever you think the houseless need, what would that look like? Would it be a community? Would it be a camp? Uh, would it be stipends for people? What What would that look like? Okay. I yeah, I'm going to let John take this one. He <laughs> talks so wonderfully about managed camps that I need him. Uh, to, yeah. So, so it's, it's definitely a, um, uh, so it's definitely a um, complicated situation. Um, so uh, some of the the biggest thing that we need is really um, uh, the mentality of society to change in regards to houseless people. Um, the The idea that this is just um, random people that just choose not to live in houses um, is so outdated. And the, the information really shows that this is a mental health 
pandemic. Um, the majority of people living houseless, you know, have meant to struggle with mental health issues. Um, so, so that would be a, a, a big part of it is if I could do anything for the houseless community, it would be to help change people's mentality towards them. Uh, secondly, um, uh, a managed camp, uh, um, low barrier, absolutely low barrier, just a, a place where houseless people can go and feel safe. And by safe, I don't mean from each other. I, I mean from uh, um, it, the, the, the fear of being kicked out by police or by ODOT, um, you know, a, a place where they can go and know that they are safe so that we can get them uh, well-rounded services is, is kind of an ideal thing for right now. So uh, a low barrier, I mean, you talked to me about some of the issues that uh, people, neighbors complain about how dirty it is or the trash that builds up, that sort of thing. That seemed to be what turned off the idea of doing, setting up something at Juniper Ridge. So is it possible, do you think, to set up something like that in the Hunnell uh, area? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, so um, I, I, one of the biggest factors that people talk about is the trash. Well, uh, in reality, you know, um, a lot of these folks aren't mentally capable of setting up trash services or using what little money they do have getting trash services. So we have approached the city several times. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I'm getting the signal from Carolyn. We're going to have to have you back another time because we just need to talk more about this. I think we don't have enough time to do it today. So, Thank you so much, Bev and Stephanie and John. We really appreciate having you with us today. Um, we're going to have to say goodbye. That is about it for the Wednesday Point. Thank you to John Riggs, Stephanie Hunter, and Bev Vasquez. Thanks, Louise, and special thanks to Carolyn in the studio for us and today. And thanks to Marianne. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this KPOV podcast. KPOV is community radio for the high desert of Central Oregon. For more information and our program schedule, please visit kpov.org. We value your feedback. Drop us a note at podcasts at kpov.org.